You are listening to KHEN Radio 106.9 FM, Salida, Colorado. This is the Chafee Housing Report. Soon to be, we are Chafee, looking upstream. We are going to be doing our last show. It's the Chafee Housing Report, and we have the team that is taking over to keep the housing message coming your way. And uh, beginning next month, looking upstream will include programming that tells housing and health stories of Chafee County residents and how health cannot be discussed without addressing the housing needs. This is the second and final show that is transitioning from the Chafee Housing Report to Looking Upstream, sponsored by We Are Chafee. We interviewed Becky Gray, who's the director of the Chafee Housing Authority, and Andrea Carlstrom, who is the director of Chafee County Public Health a couple of weeks ago, and kind of got an update on what We Are Chafee Dash Looking Upstream is going to be. And we have people here today that are really going to be the, I don't know, making the sausage, I guess you would say, you know, see how things really happen. And uh, I want to welcome them. Um, We have Lisa Martin, whose official position is Community Advocacy Coordinator. She actually works for the Chafee County Public Health, but there's a lot of crossover in those departments. Um, Welcome. Thank you. And our other guest is Adam Williams. Adam is going to take over hosting Looking Upstream. And uh, welcome, Adam. Thanks, Ken. I'd like to find out a little bit about both of you in terms of um, how you came to Chafee County, where you came from, what you did before this, what brought you here, and how you found the experience of living here. Ladies first. Yeah. I spent uh, most of my life in Boulder, Colorado. And when I got there in 1981, it was such a lovely place. And when I left, oh, just a little bit over six years ago, Uh, It it was a completely different place because of the growth that happened there. And, um, you know, to me, it was really the wealth and the entitlement of the newer people that were moving in there. I was a government employee uh, working in environmental, um, environmental issues as the parks manager for Boulder, for the city of Boulder. And, um, you know, I just got tired of people um, telling me what I need to do. And I, it was very different than how Boulder used to be. Uh, my wife and I decided we're out of here and we came to Salida. It's a lovely place here. We want to keep it lovely, um, you know, and that has to do with really getting involved in the community and trying to make a difference. So uh, growing up in public service. Uh, this was kind of a natural fit for me. I volunteered on different um, grants, um, a Colorado Lottery grant when I first moved here with some nonprofits and met Andrew Carlstrom through that. Um, I taught skiing for a while, which was awesome. Monarch's wonderful. Um, you know, so I, I did a lot of different things to get involved in the community. Envision process was amazing. I volunteered for Housing Policy Action Committee, uh, where I met um, some really key players in the housing area. And when this position came up, um, working with Becky Gray and Andrew Carlstrom, 
it was an easy, yes, I just have to do this. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Adam. Yeah. So my wife and I and our two sons, uh, we moved from Manitou Springs to Buena Vista about a year and a half ago. And we lived there for several years. It was a great entry point for us coming into Colorado. I actually grew up in Missouri. I've lived in different places. My wife have, has lived in different places. Um, me with the Army, her with the Peace Corps, some different things going on there. But Colorado was always something that would draw us, draw us back like so many people. And when we think about where we wanted our sons to be, the opportunities we wanted them to have, you know, Colorado, of course, um, is a leader in that kind of outdoor opportunity. So Manitou Springs, we came out here to, to Buena Vista and to Chafee County and having the natural environment, knowing that it's what, 75 plus percent is public land, the trails, the skiing, the river, the, all the opportunities, paddleboarding, all those things. That's what draws us here. Like so many people, it's what we love to, to have surrounding us and how we spend our time and what we bring our boys up with. So for me, uh, you know, my background is in marketing and, and journalism um, for nearly 20 years. And also then more recently, in more recent years, it's podcasting. And so to have this opportunity uh, now um, to step in here, Ken, where you have for more than five years been the voice of the show and for me to be able to take the microphone and add something um, going forward that is from my skill set um, of storytelling is has really been um, a serendipitous and an amazing opportunity that I'm excited about. Well, it's an awesome next step for this show and the next step in discussing housing. This, this show has been pretty policy focused and I think that's very important. And, but we haven't really been able to tell stories of people who experience successes and failures in, in acquiring suitable housing. So I know that that is part of the focus that uh, looking upstream is going to be um, imprinting on, on this show in the future. Can we talk a little bit about what each of your roles will be in bringing these stories? Um, how I know that you have some, a lab and, and you've done storytelling before. I've seen some of the stories that you've done. And uh, I think that's been a big part of what you've done, right, Lisa? Yeah. Well, you may have heard the saying, facts inform us and stories influence us. And we're just so much more likely to remember an impactful emotional story than a set of facts. Nothing personal, Ken, about your housing report. No, none taken. <laughs> um, but... We started the storytelling effort uh, in the end of 2019, and this was part of the Housing and Health Initiative that um, was funded through the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, Office of Health Disparities, and the focus is on health equity. So Andrew Karlstrom, Director of Chafee County Public Health, Becky Gray, Director of Chafee Housing Authority, designed and secured this grant with an ultimate goal of educating and creating awareness and action in our community in the areas of health and housing. So when we started the storytelling effort, 
We began with video storytelling, and we contracted out with a national contractor who facilitates video storytelling. So we recruited up to 10 people each time we did a workshop, and those individuals created a video story that we later on then had a dinner and a movie event where we showed all of the videos as a movie to the public for free. And we include a free dinner to reduce barriers for those who cannot um, afford um, food or has to have to run from work and can't um, don't have time to stop and eat something. Um, they have been very successful. We have had a huge diversity of stories from youth stories uh, to older adults, um, you know, stories of resilience, story of housing. They're just all over the uh, park. Uh, my favorite being Like a Lion with Daniel Allison, who is a youth from Buena Vista, telling his stories of difficulties of losing his mother. So I invite you to check them out on wearechafee.org. Thanks. It gives us an update on what you're looking to do. And mm-hmm. are you looking, are you actively trying to recruit people right now? Or are you just kind of expecting people mm-hmm. to call in? Or if, um, would it be possible if somebody hears about this that they go, hey, I heard about this story telling of, regarding housing, you got a great story to call. Call Lisa at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we have our video storytelling workshop, which is now uh, partnering. We're partnering with Colorado Mountain College here in Salida. So you can look at their recent catalog for their classes and see that they're hosting um, a video storytelling workshop here at CMC. As far as a podcast go, um, yes, please contact me through email at lmartin at chafeecounty.org. And you can go to our website and find that information on our website as well. Maybe the website for public health? Uh, the website, wearechafee.org. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Good distinction. Yep. Tell us a little more about We Are Chafee. Tell, tell us what that is, how it got started. And I yeah. know this, this storytelling folds into it, but mm-hmm. it didn't start as a storytelling. No, it didn't start as a storytelling effort. Really, it was um, an educational effort. And we brought in housing experts from all over the country to educate our policymakers, uh, developers, planners, board members, and any community member who is really interested in learning more about how we can solve the inequities in housing here in Chafee County. Um, Those were tremendous and very helpful for sort of setting a platform and um, creating a language that we all can can share about housing here in Chafee County. Um, and we realized that we were missing uh, most of the population through those educational processes, and we decided to start the storytelling effort, which, you know, it's just so interesting and so, um, you know, personal that it really connects with people. And we wanted to expand it so that more people would understand the impacts and the realities of the housing crisis here in Chafee County. Well, we were a, a fortunate beneficiary of some of those people that you brought in, almost all of them, uh, to do interviews. And if anyone's interested in listening to some of those, you can go to khen.org, go to podcast, um, then click on the Chafee Housing Report, and then 
I would recommend that you listen to people like Chuck Marone, who started Strong, uh, strong Homes. Strong Towns. Strong Towns. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Drew Finke, who was from the Bay Area, and he, for the first time, sort of brought up the concept of missing middle housing, first time to me, and um, talked about some really great ways that uh, Salida could do some of those, uh, that housing. Um, there was uh, Kevin Shepard, uh, I believe is another one that we interviewed that just had uh, great ideas that specifically related um, to, uh, as I recall, uh, maximizing infrastructure and how to create um, high, our highway corridors that actually work in both BV and, and uh, Poncha Springs slash Salida has those corridors coming into town and uh, to me they seem underutilized so all those were really great shows and I uh, thanks for being available to do that and making them available to us um, I want to switch back to Adam Adam how do you see your role uh, in bringing looking upstream to the public so the storytelling aspect of We Are Chafee, um, which now will include podcast as well, is in my wheelhouse. Uh, you know, I mentioned that skill set that started in journalism nearly 20 years ago. I've used that through corporate work and marketing and content marketing in all kinds of uh, venues. Most recently, it was in a podcast of my own that, as it turns out, has a very similar um, focus as looking upstream and that is about humanness uh, you know to be human and share stories for me to sit one-on-one -on -one with people and have a conversation of in depth that's really where my curiosity in life takes me I consider myself um, a pretty decently functioning introvert but a pretty strong introvert nonetheless I don't go to a cocktail party and say I'm gonna meet 20 people tonight I'm going to have 20 friends come out of this. What I want to have is a conversation of depth and meaning with one person. And when we have microphones and we have a podcast, we have a show, we have a name of something, especially one supported by, in this case, uh, the county and these efforts for housing and health, there's credibility there. And I think it's an opportunity that people will let their guard down, they're willing to speak, they're willing to answer the questions and share their stories, as I think an awful lot of people want to do when given an opportunity. So what I did with a podcast uh, in recent years, it was called Humanitou, which there are a number of elements in that meaning, but I said I came from Manitou Springs, and that was where this podcast originated. And that was about talking with people, sharing their vulnerable, not only personal stories, but their insights on on matters of meaning. It was with a lot of creative people, with uh, civic leaders, with all sorts of people, a very diverse group that I look forward to talking with here in Chafee County now. And it's that same concept that we got lucky and happened to, I think, kind of find each other where I have this skill set, I have this experience, I have this passion and interest in these kinds of conversations. And it turns out we are Chafee has an interest in and someone doing this, and I get to be that someone. Getting to look at a man who's smiling very much while he talks about uh, <laughs> this sort of thing. That's really great. Um, 
Did you have any issues finding housing when you moved here a year and a half ago? I mean, what's, what's your story around housing? We did have some challenges. You know, obviously the, the market is always in, in flux and you're sort of at the mercy of whatever the inventory is and what it offers you and what it has that you feel like you need for your family and for your life and what you can afford. And in hindsight, my wife and I have realized that had we not bought that, not only at the time we did, but the house that we were fortunate enough to land with, we would not be living here now. The market kept shooting upward. It's, it's out of our, we could not buy our house now. We were at the level of where we were able to get and have everything that we wanted to be able to provide for our family and life going forward in this amazing place. We, we feel extremely lucky to be here. We're very aware of what the housing um, you know, circumstances are for a lot of people. We feel very fortunate in where we are with that. And we want to engage in the community in all kinds of ways, but this is also another, um, I think, important opportunity for me personally to be able to go forward with what we're talking about here, with Looking Upstream, with the team that's behind it. You're listening to KHEN Radio, 106.9 FM, Salida, Colorado. This is the Chafee Housing Report. My guests are Lisa Martin with the Chafee County Department of Public Health and Adam Adam Williams, who is going to be the new host for our show, Looking Upstream, which is sponsored by We Are Chafee. And we're talking about how that's going to be different from this show and... um, brings a a different viewpoint. You're looking at it from less policy and more the human factor, which I'm very excited to to hear about that. Do you have people lined up yet to be uh, on the show? And um, I don't talk as much about it as you want or as little about it as you want. How did you get those people? What are their topics going to be? What's their training been to uh, get ready for this podcast? Um, if I could back up a little bit and you just may. say, uh, we are Chafee looking upstream. So you might think it's a fishing podcast or something, <laughs> but <laughs> really, um, that is a really strong uh, public health term, is looking upstream. So we refer to, like, looking upstream refers to conditions in which people are born grow, live, work, and play. So they can be social, which is race, sexual orientation, those sorts of things, institutional, which are laws and policies, schools, government, and the living environment, which is social, service, physical, housing, and economic. So we, the the upstream factors to health are also called social determinants of health. Um, And we're capitalizing on the looking upstream because we want to focus on improving the upstream health factors here in uh, Chafee County. Um, Downstream factors um, are many, uh, but as you can imagine, if you're living under stress of any of those factors, your health, you become stressed, your health suffers, um, you're at risk for a, a lot of health um, 
negative health impacts. Um, example of this, life expectancy disparities can be found everywhere. And in Chicago, there is a 14-year life expectancy gap between lesser privileged and more affluent neighborhoods. So we, the whole idea is to create equity here in Chafee, and um, we're doing that through storytelling. Um, with that, I'll answer Ken's question. We have... <laughs> well, but if you remember it, answer it. <laughs> uh, so we have several people who are interested on participating in this podcast and being interviewed with Adam. Uh, the first person is an individual named Alexandra Restrepo, and she actually did a video story uh, early on. She was one of the first people to do a video story, and. Um, just she's an outstanding member of the community. She has a rich background. She's very interesting and articulate. And so uh, Al, um, Alex and Adam will be meeting just sort of uh, so that they can get to know each other and Adam can kind of help her understand what will be happening. So that's kind of the training is just Adam getting to know people and, and talking about their story. Uh, other people who have said yes are Art Hutchinson, rancher, um, just an outstanding person. He worked for the government, um, working in national parks and protecting them. Um, and his passion really is ranching uh, in Chafee County. And he's a, I think, fifth generation Chafee County least, person. Probably. Yeah. I think that family's been around here since before the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. We have a woman named Nikki from Sol Vista Health who is um, an addiction counselor who had, um, you know, who who only recently become became sober. Uh, she has a rich story to share as well. We have uh, lots of public health um, staff or people related to the public health um, issues that they t they do. You know, dentistry, finding health insurance, those sort of things that are willing to come in. Um, yeah, so we have a, a great diversity of people who have said yes. Um, I We find these people through our partner organizations, which if you look on the We Are Chafee website, we have many partner organizations just who have sort of shared missions uh, of improving our community. Uh, and so we try to lift all those organizations up, and they also help us by finding individuals that are interesting and have an interesting story to share. Um, we've even, you know, had a video story about 4-H uh, and, and, you know, different nonprofits. Um, so, yeah, the and, and a lot of people want to share their story. So there's people that I come across that ask to share their story and want to. So um, if you know anybody who wants to be on the podcast or do a video story, just, again, have them email me. We will steer them your way. John and I wanted to do stories when we started doing this, and we found that many people who were housing challenged were really unwilling to speak to us. I think that there's a couple of factors there. One is there's some, some level of shame uh, about um it shouldn't be it's not often not yeah. their fault but i think that uh pops up and the other thing is our format you know we bring somebody in kind of cold and 
and and talk to him about a topic, maybe send him an outline beforehand. Whereas Adam's going to be able to meet these people, build a relationship. You're going to have a chance to have that in-depth conversation that means so much to you, Adam. Um, do you want to describe your process when you get together with people uh, to develop this trust and figure out which way the story is going to go and and help them out on that? Yeah, for sure. I think that if people, for one, would check out Humanitu, which still is a live podcast out there. Now, that one is on hiatus. I've not created new conversations or episodes with Humanitu for about a year. It's available on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you listen. But here's the reason I even mention it. I have talked with people of all ages, from teenage up to at least into their 80s. I've talked with people from different um, backgrounds, whether that's economically, geographically. I've talked with people around the world on this podcast. Um, all ways that we might identify, whether it's orientation, if it's race, We've talked about addiction and spirituality, religion. I, I, off the top of my head, I'm just going to say it's every imaginable human topic. It's love, it's death, it's health, it's all these things. This is what I'm already bringing to these conversations. I hope that people are going to be able to listen to the conversations we're starting off with. Lisa mentioned Alex. I look forward to talking with her. I know she has a tremendous story. And what I hope they, as listeners and as guests, can get from talking with me, from listening to me, is the compassion with which I listen, that what I'm doing is facilitating that storytelling, that there is no judgment, there's no controversy from my view. It's simply as a matter of helping shine light on this person who is courageously sitting across the table from me sharing all the things that they don't go around talking about on any given day. And I am a stranger. Every single person that I've ever talked with with these kinds of conversations started off as a stranger. And I appreciate how much people step up to the microphone and share. Sometimes they share more than they expected to, more than they thought they would coming into the conversation with me. I take that um, seriously in, in terms of, you know, faithfully with respect for their story and, and how I handle that. So as we build this podcast and this show and the storytelling going forward. I think what people will, as listeners, are going to have a chance to hear is everything I just described, that there's hopefully a trustworthy environment we are creating and people feel like they can share a story. And if they hear one person share their story vulnerably and they related to it and they connected with it, then they are more willing to share theirs or they know someone who is. So I think simply by carrying out that practice in a trustworthy, faithful way, we're, we're going to find some more of those doors opening. It's obviously a very valid point you bring up, that when we're dealing with people maybe feeling a little sensitive, maybe feeling a little bit of shame about something in their story, if they give this a chance, I think what they'll learn is that um, there's an environment and a place where they can come and, and they can be welcome to share that and and be received. And it can be healing. It can, not only for them, yeah. but for others. Because yeah. I think the ones who have the courage, they're able to step up to that and open themselves and share vulnerably. That's what's going to make a difference here. And that's what the purpose of all of this storytelling is, 
is to have that influence that Lisa talked about. And I think that, um, I think that people are going to, are going to like where we go with this. I'm excited about it. And, uh, I don't feel any pains of handing this off. I really don't. I think this is going to be a great next step for the discussion of, uh, housing and health on KHEN radio. So we're going to take a, just a break here. This is the Chafee Housing Report on KHEN Radio, 106.9 FM. We'll be back with our guests, Lisa Martin and Adam Williams, after a short break. Please stay with us. You are listening to KHEN Radio, 106.9 FM, Salida, Colorado. This is the second half of the Chafee Housing Report. And we still have our first half hour guest, Lisa Martin, from the Chaffee County Department of Public Health, and Adam Williams, who is going to be the host of We Are Chaffee Looking Upstream, that is replacing Chaffee Housing Report with a really great concept. Um, welcome back on our half hour. Something came up during our break, and um, a couple of things came up for me. One was this term looking upstream. I mean, is that something that public health tries to do to influence factors before they become a problem? Uh, is, that, is that where that term comes from? Uh, yes. Um, it's a nationally used term, and it, it really identifies um, the root issues that impact uh, inequitable health outcomes for people. So health equity is when everyone, regardless of who they are, where they come from, has an opportunity to thrive. So we all want to thrive. Some of us have better opportunity than other. So we need to eliminate barriers like poverty, repairing injustices in systems, such as education, health, criminal justice, transportation, housing, land use regulations. Lending for housing? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Redlining that went on forever in this country? Yeah. To, yeah. That made it impossible for certain populations to get fair lending rates? Absolutely. Yeah, based on who they are. Right. Yeah. So that's the ultimate goal is health equity. So so those those factors that we just talked about are upstream health factors. And those upstream health factors influence downstream effects. So you can imagine um, a family in Chafee County who is living paycheck to paycheck and they have good jobs. It's pretty common here especially with the dramatic increase cost of housing and inflation. So imagine the rent on their home keeps increasing annually. They eventually can't afford to repair their car and have no dependable transportation. They no longer can afford quality childcare. They struggle to keep a job because of all this. So as you can imagine yourself in this situation, you're extremely stressful, you're looking for food for your family, you're looking for money for rent, you're looking to solve all these really 
unbelievable, um, overwhelming issues Com that your family's facing. Completely existential issues. Existential. Every one of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so this long-term stress that's caused um, just trying to live a healthy and productive life really impacts our stress and our, our health. Um, so people who are living in difficult situations like this um, experience downstream factors for their health, such as smoking, poor nutrition, low physical activity, violence, alcohol, substance use, um, sexual behavior that's um, not safe. And then these can lead to injury such as addiction, chronic disease, um, and it goes on and on. Um, so really just the, the who you are and where you come from can greatly influence your health outcomes of you and your family, and it can be generational as well. So here in Chafee County, the goal is to focus on those upstream factors of health so that the downstream factors, those negative health factors that impact people inequitably um, are, are less. So we want to create a healthy community, one where we know our neighbors, one where we support everybody and is more resilient because we care about each other and we want each other to live a healthy life. What it brings to mind for me is another organization that I've been involved with for uh, over six years, close to six years maybe, uh, is uh, Full Circle Restorative Justice. You talk about having impact on the judicial system and particularly when you're talking about uh, upstream, yeah. um, often we're dealing with youth who uh, get in trouble. Either they uh, get in trouble at school, they get in trouble within the school system, uh, or they get in, in, in an encounter with the law, you know, breaking mm -hmm. the law. And we know that there's a school-to-prison pipe pipeline. It's been proven that many of the people who end up in prison got in trouble in school, and that particular behavior became criminalized. And it's become more of a factor as we've gone along because of the fears that exist in schools now about there being shooters and, you know, aberrant behavior that starts in school that, that becomes unhealthy for a lot, of, a lot of people. And certainly shooting is the biggest one that's going on. But there's all these other things. And many, many times in doing that work, you fa find that it's just not the child who's experiencing difficulty. They're experiencing difficulty because their family is experiencing difficulty. That may look like uh, not being sheltered. It may look like not having transportation. All these things you've mentioned, it may look like generational addiction that they're born into. Absolutely. So all Absolutely. these things fit within what you were talking about, it seems to me. Yeah. And, and again, you bring up a good point of, uh, you know, kind of generational. I mean, fetal alcohol syndrome is very real. And 
really impacts the kids and, um, you know, IQs are decreased and, you know, functionality and society is decreased because of it. And, and we need to break the cycle. And by doing that, we really need to focus on, on kids and, and environments where they grow up. I'd like to go back to Adam. One of the things we talked about on the break was um, your commitment to being yourself personally vulnerable during these interviews. Um, and I'd like you to have an opportunity to say that uh, on the air, why that is different uh, and, and it's important to you. Sure. Well, I tend to think of these as conversations as opposed to interviews. That's probably um, a very minor difference, and some people might be wondering, well, what's really the difference at all? But for me with an interview, if I sit on my side of the desk and I just fire off all the questions and I stay personally detached, I'm just hanging that guest out there, and I'm, I'm putting expectations on them that they dig deep and they, they open themselves up and they share raw, vulnerable aspects of their life story. And, and I just don't think that's fair. I also don't think it's doing any of us, the audience, the guest, or uh, myself, engaging in this conversation in the best way possible because what I'm doing is um, not only not building trust, right, which I referred to before and I think is critical for these kinds of conversations with each other, but I might be even doing the opposite of it. I might be showing them I'm just a wall without emotions, without actual care, and I think lack of empathy is at the heart of so many reasons we need this storytelling and why we need this podcast um, and among all the other efforts. So often, societally, we write off each other and stories and disbelieve them. We make the excuses. We have our own shortcuts. Well, that person's to blame for their poverty. That person's to blame for their drug addiction, for their homelessness, whatever it might be. Instead of being willing to empathetically look at or listen to their story and come to understand, well, what are all of the elements, the very complicated, maybe historical elements of what brought this person, what brought these people to this place? Why do we have the generational issues that are going on here? And how this might be the trickiest part for most people. How is it that I might have a role in that? How have we all factored into that? And I can tell you that I come from a place more of privilege, um, not necessarily financially in my youth, but my parents were teachers. They were educated and they believed education mattered. So, of course, they're going to have an influence on me to go get education and so on. I, I absolutely have had, have had privilege in, in the things that I have. So for me to turn away from other people's stories because I want to write them off as, well, that's a, a racial matter. That's a whatever the issue is, economic matter. It doesn't make sense to me. So when I talk with people in these kinds of conversations, I think it's absolutely only fair and important that I be willing to connect with them and share to show that I'm also vulnerable and a human and I'm listening with empathy and compassion and I'm not there to judge. Well, I think it allows the uh, listener to have that opportunity to, to go, not how is this person different from me? Absolutely. That's part of it. It's also, how is this person like me? How but for a particular incident in my background, 
that went one way rather than the other way, that my my current situation would be very different than it right. is. Um, and and what are, all those factors that you're talking about are factors that we all uh, intersect with in our lifetimes. And some people are more prepared for those incident, uh, incidents when they come up, and so they behave differently and move a different direction. Some people don't have that experience. They move the other way. But it's a common human condition or um, circumstance that we almost all come across at some point in time. You know, my, my children are the product of a divorce, you know, our divorces was involved and, and, and that has an impact on them. I didn't have that growing up. Right. And I didn't know how to necessarily be a parent that was not together with, with uh, the other party that, uh, with my wife at the time when that occurred. So uh, there's all that that I hear you. Lisa wants to say something. She's got her hand up. <laughs> I Jump just, in I, here. I want to challenge our listeners that when they see a person do something bad, instead of saying, what's wrong with them? Or uh, something that I can't say on the air. Um, instead, say, what happened to them? And you'll have a whole different perspective. Um, what happened to them comes with some compassion um, versus what's wrong with them is all blame. Good distinction. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I wanted to get to, because it's going to be a difference between the Chafee Housing Report and looking upstream, is your dis distribution network. I mean, what I find fascinating the more I look at housing and with you bringing the health aspect in, it even broadens it more. Um, that these issues are certainly nationwide in this country. This isn't just a problem in Salida, not just a problem in Colorado. It's a problem in almost every place you go in this country now. Housing is an issue, and there's, I think there's some kind of sinister reasons for that, but we may not be able to address all those. Um, but it is a conversation that's going on all over the country. And tell us what's going to happen to these podcasts beyond um, being on KHEN Radio. Right. So as a podcast, we have the opportunity not only to put it on the air here in KHEN and, and have listeners that are local, but as you just described, this is far from a local matter. So by using the platforms that probably all the listeners here are already familiar with when they listen to podcasts. You might listen on Spotify, Apple, Audible, Google. The list goes on and on. And most of us have one, maybe two of those listening platforms that we are used to using. Well, now going forward, We Are Chafee Looking Upstream is going to be uh, released, distributed on all of those platforms. So not only here at the community radio station on KHEN, but it's going to be out on whatever platform it is you're used to listening to. So you're going to have access, even if you are local, 
on the platform that you're most comfortable with, what's most familiar. But yes, it also then reaches globally. So we will have listeners from far beyond Chafee County's uh, boundaries. And um, I look forward to whatever connections that might also make and and where this might be able to go by by opening up to that kind of uh, scale. We might, just as a possibility, you may connect with somebody else that's doing something similar to what you're doing and comparing and contrasting what's going on with that. I mean, there's going to be different learnings in different places. I suspect that all those learnings will be very similar over time, but there's going to be the first aha in one place and the other place that aha is a little different. And it gives the opportunity to make us all smarter uh, because we have the experience of more people. Uh, That's really exciting to me. I don't know how it is for you. You I thought about that. Well, sure. I would say that in general, just with storytelling, by willing to be open and communicate by sharing these things, right? Even in the one-on-one setting and in the podcast, as it goes far and wide, right? We can't have those connections if we don't open up, if we don't share what it is we know. You're listening to KHEN Radio 106.9 FM. This is the second ha- a half hour of the Chafee Housing Report. My guests are Lisa Martin with the Chafee County Department of Public Health and Adam Williams, who is a podcast uh, person who is going to be taking over the leadership. Uh, well, I don't know if leadership is actually it. Part of a team. He's going to be the voice of that team um, with uh, We Are Chafee looking upstream. Since you brought up the team, I just want to mention that We Are Chafee uh, as I mentioned before, we we started out with video storytelling, and we're continuing to do that uh, through a partnership with Colorado Mountain College. We also have written storytelling that will be coming out later this summer, and those will be similar to, to Humans of New York, um, short, maybe 400-word stories about a moment in somebody's life that's been very impactful. So we hired a few story writers. They're interviewing people right now, and uh, we hope to get that out to the public uh, sometime later this summer. And we'll do that on the website and also um, in person. So we're planning on making signs out of them so they can be weatherproof and have them at outdoor events, post them indoors, for example, the lobby of uh, Colorado Mountain College, maybe the hallway in front of public health, um, and in various other places, so that people who normally wouldn't listen to a podcast or wouldn't watch a video can stumble upon these and, and read about uh, people's stories here in Chafee County. Um, this we have a steering committee for We Are Chafee, and um, I really need to call them out because they uh, helped shape who we are and how we've progressed. And they really are the heart and soul of We Are Chafee. Um, So real quick, I'm just going to mention Nick Ryder. He is a marketing and tech guru. He's also with Community Equity Coalition here in Chafee County. Paul Alexander, he's uh, from Regis University. He led um, sort of a communication storytelling effort there um, as a director of a department and he is also with Community Foundation here in Chafee County. Heather Gorby, small business owner and graphic designer, 
Amy Dennis is with Colorado Mountain College, and Mike Arell is, um, he was of the first Presbyterian church here in Salida, pastor for 27 years. Um, he knows a ton about this county, and he knows a ton of people, and now he works for public health um, on special projects, including, you know, addiction and helping with the um, unhoused folks and um, the hospitality group here in the county. So we have a really amazing and dedicated steering committee that has helped really set the foundation of the storytelling effort. And I just wanted to acknowledge um, who they are and all the work they've done. So thank you to them. Thank you, all of you out there have been helping with this. Um, we've got just a few minutes left before I'm going to do the final sign-off for the Chafee Housing Report. And I wanted to see if there's any thoughts that you have uh, that you haven't had a chance to, to express, Adam. I'm sure there are a lot of things, and hopefully over time we'll get into them. But the one thing I'm going to go with now is to add on to the distribution comments we just had. All of the podcasts uh, going forward will be at wearechafee.org. Okay, so there, there will be pages um, there specifically to go to find each one. And what I really want to single out about that is that there's going to be transcriptions. There's going to be show notes. This is a matter in part of inclusivity, which is what I want everyone to, to know going forward, that when we talk about audience um, and guests, I want everyone to be involved, to feel like they're welcome, to feel like they're part of it that when they listen, they can hear themselves. You mentioned relatability earlier in the stories that when we share what we hear is not what's different, but what is actually similar between ourselves. And I want people to know that all voices are welcome. I look forward to talking with people who bring whatever their story is and that ultimately that inclusivity does stretch to We Are Chafee uh, and where the podcast will be there. Um, in, in terms of those show notes where we can find relevant links, you'll find a photo. I'm gonna. I'm also a photographer, so I will be photographing each guest. Get to know this person. And then through the transcript, if you prefer not to listen, maybe, or if maybe um, you are hearing impaired, you will have full transcripts there. All right. Awesome ideas, all of them. I want to thank our, our guests today, Lisa Martin from the Chaffee County Department of Public Health and Adam Williams, I am looking forward to what you're going to do moving forward, the, this team here. I do want to take just these last few minutes to uh, make some acknowledgments. I want to thank John Prey for being the engineer and producer of this show and taking a radio novice like myself and uh, helping me along in this process. Uh, John's become a very good friend. I'm grateful for his work on the Chafee Housing Report, and I'm very proud of the work that we've done. Um, John and I have produced uh, 105 shows since our first show on June 13th of 2017. Uh, this show was undertaken because we recognized a dire need to address the housing crisis in Chafee County uh, that results in many inequities for many of our friends and neighbors. Unfortunately, the housing crisis hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse um, since we began the Chafee Housing Report, and I feel comforted by the fact that many talented people are working on this issue, and this show is going to be taken over uh, and made better, and that's all you can hope for. 
Um, the following is going to be my opinions and not the opinions of these guests here or the opinions of Cahen Radio. But we need a consistent, predictable source of funding for housing. There is increased funding for the housing at the state and the federal level, but not all of that may be available for us here in Chafee County. And certainly it's not going to be available if we're not willing to step up and say we're part of the solution and just look for other people to come in here and solve it. Um, it needs to be, uh, well, there's not currently a consistent, predictable source of funding for housing in Chafee County, and there must be, or the housing crisis here will continue to persist and increase. The housing challenged, we've talked about them on this show today. There are friends and neighbors. There are people who care, uh, take care of our children and our elderly. They teach our children. They lead our schools. They build, repair, and maintain our roads, utilities, infrastructure, and public buildings. They work for the county, our municipalities, our hospitals, save us when we encounter fires or other emergencies. They prepare our food and they serve us in restaurants, bars, and shops. They police our streets, our roads, and in summary, they are us. This problem needs to be solved by funding that our entire community contributes to, and keep this in mind in future months when you're asked to vote on a funding solution for this problem. Don't say, it's not my problem. The future of our community relies on solving the housing crisis in Chafee County. It's our problem. It's not the time to blame anyone. It's the time for action. The quality of life that you were born with, you were born here in Chafee County, or you came to Chafee County to experience, is threatened. Be part of the solution and support and or vote for housing funding initiatives when they are presented. You're listening to KHN Radio, 106.9 FM. Thanks to our, our guest, Lisa Martin and Adam Williams. Thanks to my producer, John Bray, and thanks to listeners for listening and supporting this show for the last five years. <laughs>